But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something I just did, 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 <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. It's episode 51. My name is Rob St. Clair from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Oh my goodness, Everett, did we have a weekend. And without further ado... I, I, I don't I don't I don't want to let, let make the people wait any further no, to jump into was, what was probably the most ridiculous weekend of Italian volleyball I have ever seen. Take it away. Hand, hands down. I mean, we don't even we can't even get into what happened in the Champions League yet because the Italian Superliga men's this year has been nuts. If you look at the standings, it has been absolutely ridiculous. Perugia and then everyone else. Everyone else. And this weekend was the most unhinged weekend the most unhinged weekend not only of the season but that i have ever seen in men's super league of volleyball this is not a league that's known for its parody but that's all we got this weekend all we got let's kick it off on saturday now rob when we talked about this matchup last week we knew that there was a potential in this one verona started as one, both your and i's and one of our one of our favorites hey they could maybe upend the owner or the order, right? They've got a seven-footer on the right side. They've got a scoring champ on the left side. They've got one of the most dynamic offensive talents in the Namuri Keita, also on the left side. You've got Gord Perrin there, but they have done nothing but stink since those first few weeks. That's and true. It, it came down to this week's match where they got three-donged, three-donged by Toronto without without Tommaso Stephanie, who came out in the first set after scoring only one point. Yes, Oleg Antonov did make it look like he was 2014 out there, and he was huge <laughs> with, with 18 points. Yes, EFL, Eric, Eric Effenlepke was on his game again. He only scored 14, but he had like a 60% uh, hitting, hitting percentage, and his efficiency was super efficient. But man, what is Verona doing out there? We saw Bernardi go down uh, a couple weeks ago. Is Stoichev Stoichev has, has to be the next. There's no other coach where, like, Thomas Jayski is on the res- record saying that he's the worst coach he's ever played for. Like, one, Osmani Wantojano, when he signed with Lube, had one clause in his contract that Stoichev could not coach for this team. How is this guy still in the Superliga? Like, what is going on? Like, like what are we doing out here? Verona is in a free fall. Because of this, they are now out of the playoff picture. Oh, no, no, no. That's, yeah, they're oh, not. No, they're yeah, they're, they're out of the playoff picture. But man, an absolutely massive win for Toronto this week to put them. Well, they thought they put themselves out of out of the relegation window, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But still, Verona is in an absolute free ball. They need to learn out how to pass the ball. Rock Mozic is getting ready to sign somewhere else because it oh, yeah. is not it is not going good in Verona. That was the first one. That one we we even kind of talked about. It. We could have predicted. Move on to the next one. The first game on Sunday morning. This one was pure beauty to my eyes. It's the second <laughs> win from Monza over Lube Civitanova this year. And it was a Canadian domination. First and foremost, our favorite uh, Ronnie Cuban spike, the wannabe uh, by Stephen Marr, was out there and scored 26 points, ripped four aces, including three to win the match. He was absolutely unreal. On the other side, Lube looked 
bad. They're, they're still young, but man, like what is going on with this, this Lube team? You've got Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who's leading the team in scoring, but at a 30% efficiency that like, that's, that's not going to be good enough. Um, and on, on the other side of the net, we talked about the Canadian domination. Arthur Schwartz was out there 10 for 22 and, and 13 points. That's like what, like almost 40 points to the two Canadians on Monza with that win. And with the Verona loss, Monza moves up into eighth place right now. Ab- absolutely massive. Lube is in a free fall. I-, I don't know what to make of this team. Yes, they're the only team to take Perugia to five sets this season, but other than that, they've been lukewarm at best. The- them defending their title is going to be an absolute stretch. Next, let's move on to Modena versus Milano. Now, Modena, we're going to talk about them a lot this this oh, show, yeah, and not in the good light. This is this is not going to be a good. A good uh, episode if you're a Modena fan. 3-1 for Milano. Now, first and foremost, I think Milano has figured it out. I think that that outside trio of Malgarejo, Ishikawa, and Patry, they're making Pablo Poro look good. You know how hard that is to do? You're making Pablo Poro look good, and you're making me wish that we had a bad poor middle. Milano's unreal at the net. 21 team blocks. That's ridiculous. Say it with me. 21 team blocks. That's disgusting. Crazy. Seven for Lozair. Amazing. Seven for Lozair. Absolutely just unreal. Milano, they're making me believe. They beat Lube in the, in the Italian Cup recently. They're undefeated in the year of 2023. This is the team that, you know, was kind of hot and cold in, in 2022. So far in 2023, it's, it's looking pretty good. Then we move over uh, to Trentino versus Cisterna, which, to be honest, I don't know what to make of this Cisterna team. They're hot and they're cold. They're good and they're bad. It's like a Katy Perry song out there. I really don't know what is going on. Peter Derlich, 37 points. Uh, that's a season high in the Super League. He sets a record. Attempts. 60 attempts, but still 34 for 60. That's amazing. That's pretty, that's pretty damn nasty. Amazing. That F.A. Byram. He's coming back, looking pretty good out there. He was 14 for 26 for 16 points as well. And I mean, it's not like Trentino didn't have a good game as well. Micheletto dropped 27. But man, this is it's, it's when this Cisterna team, it, it to me, they're kind of like a freight train. They take a little bit time to get going. But once they're going, they're just chugging along. And when they have that momentum with Pizar Durlich, has that momentum. You've got the team playing around them like that. They're they're they can cause serious damage. This is the first time they've, they've upset a, a, a team this year. Trentino did have a little bit of struggles. Matej Kaczynski four for 16. He had like a 2%, um, uh, a 2% uh, efficiency. Uh, it was, it was really, really bad. Oh, there's one stat that I did forget to talk about in the uh, Modena versus Milano game. This may have to be the worst game I've ever seen from Irvin Ingepeth. He was a minus 231 efficiency on this day. Minus 231. He had like seven errors and got blocked eight times. It was a bad day for Ingepeth. And let's just be honest, it was a bad day all around. I'm I'm starting to question, Rob, last week I sent you a list of like my top 10 setters to make a video about it. I think I might have to drop Bruno down some more based off of what I've seen over, over the past couple of weeks because it has not been good. But... But we talk about all these games and all of these. One, one stands at the top for me. And that is Siena keeping their relegation or not getting relegation hopes alive by taking 
Piacenza. Piacenza, who last week we were talking about, hey, this is a team that can make a run. This is a team that, you know what, they got rid of their dead weight in their coach, and this is a team that can make a run. However, I will give them a little bit on this. You have no Lucarelli. He's not even on the roster. You have no Leal. He's not out there. Luca Basic is your best outside scoring 20 points. But this was a classic Robert Landy Simone game. Like, send him back to Lube, right? Send him oh, where, somewhere sweet. where he's going to be good. He was unreal. 17 for 24, five blocks, three aces. Once again, is this like, this is another game where Robert Landy Simone has more points than attempts. Just like last year, more points than attempts. That is ridiculous. I, I will never get over that. Yeah. Yuri Romano was painful in this one. Um, he was three for 20. What, what is it? Nine for 30. Seven um, errors. Ouch. Just, just, just not good uh, out there. Uh, but on the other side, Siena, t- team effort, Daniele Mazzone. Or no, sorry. That, that's not, not Mazzone. Martin Van Garderen. That's the one. Julio Panali. Julio you know Panali? Panali. Right? Uh, if I, 23 for 50. Pinali. You 20, can't be giving Panali 50 balls? 23 for 50. Oh. All right. Martin Gant Van Garderen, 21 for 30. He was only blocked one time. That's a master class. Right? Where did that come so, from? Absolutely. So not only not only is is PHNs in a free fall because they can't figure it out offensively, where you've got Luca Basic and Robert Landy Simon leading the way, but you're also letting Martin Van Garderen go twenty one for thirty. That's that's a little bit disgusting. Your Romano has to be better. He has to be more impactful in games that don't matter. He has True. to be more impactful in uh, on a regular basis, and he has to be more consistent. Uh, otherwise, this Piacenza team is going to lose because right now, like without Lucarelli and without Leal, they look bad. It doesn't matter if you have a middle dropping twenty five points. You need to beat the worst team in the league, especially yeah. of a week, especially after just beating Trentino like that. Um, the only other game was Perugia against Padova. We don't need to talk about that one. That was a quick three donging by by Perugia, and really that we don't that, that's. That's it. But look at these standings. Monza moves up into the playoffs. Verona drops down. Rob, sorry, I kind of took that over. What w- what were your thoughts and feelings over this weekend's matches? Dude, that ruled. Thank you for catching all the people <laughs> up on that in such quick succession. Thank you for catching me up on that in such quick succession because I was commentating VLA all weekend. I barely got to watch a second of volleyball live. I had to catch up on all this. The Discord was absolutely popping off as these upsets were starting to brew. Popping. Oh. Start, starting on Saturday with Toronto, like I forgot that match was even happening on Saturday, and there were people talking about a three donging with with no Tommaso Stephanie on the floor. I mean, we got to talk about that a little bit more. Big concern for Toronto, obviously, as he as Stephanie looks like he hurt his shoulder like decently significantly, and we'll try and figure out how long he's going to be out for. But Verona, what are we doing? Is Storchev like trying to get fired? Come on. They just looked bad in serve-receive. And like even when they brought in Gord, right? But I mean, like I, I think from Gord's position, and I'm going to play devil's advocate because he's my boy, that you know it's going to be tough to come into the season like that. It's going to be tough when you spend most, the majority of the season on the bench. You're coming off the, uh, off the bench that way. Like, it, it, it's tough to come in cold. Like, uh, at what point isn't this going to work out? And at the same time, everyone's kind of figuring out Shaposhkov. So like, yeah, that's it's, true. 
is this just becoming Malonzo where like you're going to have like a graveyard of dead right sides? Because remember, Kedzmad Jensen is still on that roster too. And he was their savior two years ago. They pulled him out of school at UCLA. Might have been the worst decision of his career because like <laughs> if he had stayed at UCLA, maybe like Sparrow could have done something with him. I don't know if that's going to happen on Verona's bench. And he seems to be like locked into this long-term contract too, where he's just like there to kind of like, like when's the last time we, we saw him? Shapozhkov has gotten worse since the beginning of the season. Yeah, he has. They, they had to move Kato over there on the, on the right side after starting Gordon, Gordon left. But man, there has to be alarm bells going off in Verona right now. And Stoichev needs to be feeling the heat. Like if, if not, like what are we doing? It is ridiculous that they have fallen out of playoff position and it is nobody's fault but their own. I mean, they we were talking with, about them a couple of weeks ago as they were taking good teams to five. They were beating good teams. They were they were destroying bad teams the way you're supposed to. <laughs> Piacenza. But now, for, for, for them to have fallen off this far, to not even be in playoff position, it might very well be a fireable offense for Stoichev. If, if this team doesn't make the playoffs with the amount of talent that they have, there is absolutely no way he can retain his job. 100%. And, and like, I mean, good riddance. Yeah. And he should just be, he should just be, we, we need to stop, like, another man's trash is not necessarily another man's treasure. Thank you. And then that's what we keep on seeing in the, in the Super League, where it's just like, well, this guy was just fired. Let's pick him up, you know? But he's uh, a like, big name from when he was a player 40 years ago. Get out of here. Like and, and remember, like like people people in the Discord were, were like, well, you know, it's from his time with Trentino when he was successful with Trentino. You know who played for him in Trentino? Wantahena. You know who doesn't want to play for him now? Wantahena. That should tell you enough as it is, right? That you don't even need Thomas Jaski to go on Taylor Avril's podcast to say how he's the worst coach he's ever played for to <laughs> to know that he's a he's a bad coach, right? Like it, like do something, Verona, please. It's it's kind of like that meme. Where it's just like there's a dead animal and you kind of poke it with a stick, like do something, do something. That's <laughs> that's Verona right now. I love that. I love that analogy. Uh, I want to talk about your Canadian boy Stephen Marr a little bit more. And now there, there was a a clear pro Canadian tone as you talked about this match for good reason because I I said a couple of weeks ago when when Monza beat Milano in that really good four setter, I, I said that might have been the best I'd ever seen Stephen Marr play stats alone. This is even better than that, and he was absolutely ridiculous. However. Gabby Garcia Fernandez outplayed Arthur Schwartz. I want to make that very clear. So as far as an American versus a Canadian opposite goes, uh, Gabby had the better match, although in a losing effort. But I'm not going to take anything away from how well Stephen Marr played. I mean, the 21 for 33 with only four errors is amazing, plus four aces, three of them to end the match, like you said. Like that's, that's, that's a master class. I love to see it. Honestly, I'm just really laying into it because as this was always going to, all going down, Ronnie was in the Discord talking about how Stephen Marr is a wannabe. Oh, get and out I was of like, here! Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's and what I mean, he, he would I, he would love for anybody on Cuba to be able to play all phases of the game half as well as Stephen Marr. Sure, they can touch, maybe touch higher, maybe hit the ball harder, but he's a more well-rounded player than anybody on the Cuban roster, not named Robert Landy Simone. So. Yeah. I will. I, I will have to give it to Mal- uh, Osmiel uh, Malguerrero, though. He has really been coming into his own. He's awesome. I think if there's He's had a great year. If, if 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 there's anyone who's who's as close to being an all round player for Cuba, uh, it's him. And what's going on with Marlon Yant? Speaking of Cubans against Stephen Marr. Wh- why? Why is this kid, with as long as he's now been in the Italian Super League, this is what third year. Why hasn't he taken that jump in consistency? That's the thing that I'm looking for. Like he'll he'll have a great match here and there, or he'll hit sixty percent against a terrible team. Like 
I, I called them in against tour in champions league. It was the quickest hour in a shower of all time. And yet hit like 75%. That doesn't tell me anything. Why can't he stay on the court against a, a mid-level Italian team like Monza? I'm still thinking he's not all that healthy. Like we, we saw him at the Pan Am cup and he just was not moving well. Right. So they, he needs to fig- figure that out a little bit, but you're right. That consistency isn't there. And this is why, you know, this, this is why we, we haven't really seen yet star all that much for the Cuban national team, because I think in, in the head game, it's just not all there. You know, we all know the guy who's the really good athlete who loves beating up on the bad teams, but fizzles out when it comes to the good teams. <clears throat> um, but you know, I do think uh, I wouldn't call it, but he is doing his, his typical postseason, you know, second half of the season dip down, which we can talk about in a second. But I think Yant just like he's whenever I've seen him in, in person, he he just I don't know if he has that intensity in him. You know, Mel Guerrero, who's a lot just like a quieter person, you can see that like in, intense focus in his eyes. And the same thing with Lopez, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I think that just just sometimes like physically he's he's fantastic, but he doesn't see himself as that alpha dog. If I want to go Andrew Tate style on this, not endorsing <laughs> his, him in, 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 in any way. But yeah, there's just no alpha in the eyes of Marlon Yan. I think that is probably the right take because you're right. You do see that that fire in both Mergarejo and Lopez, and even Herrera when, when he's not hitting the back wall every other swing. But uh, Ronnie yeah, Alonso too. Oh, totally. And and C- Simone is Simone. So yeah, I mean it's it's nice for Cuba to have three world class outside hitters. You don't have to play Yan if he's not producing. But that he was supposed to be the a, a top five prospect in the world. He in like that tier with Mozic and Micheletto. And right now, I, I just don't see it. No, uh, at the end, I'd almost put him in like the Ben Patch, Juan uh, Vernon Evans, you know, lots of talent and just not that much output. Oof, that, that that's, that, I, don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, this this one, uh, talking about Mayor Garejo, I mean, how, Milano, man, I mean, Piazza's rescuing his job. And what I think is going on here is there's a redistribution of Milano's offense happening more towards the outside. Because Paolo Poro is so bad at setting Jean Patry, just tell him to do it less. Yuki Ishikawa can play phenomenally point, well on, on 41 attempts, which is not his game, but he's such a smart player and you can get him the ball in weird situations and he'll make good choices that that seems to be the better option for Milano's offense. Give the outside more balls, make Poro's job easier and tell him to do less of the thing that he sucks at the most. And unfortunately that will uh, give Patri less swings. And I still think that he's a world-class opposite, but uh, you got to do what you got to do if you're Milano right now. And I think there is a little bit of shift um, going away from Patri in terms of number of attempts. But on the Modena side, and we'll talk about them a lot later with their CV Cup fiasco, uh, what, seeing Irvin Ingapet get blocked as many times as he has kills, not even including seven unforced errors, is embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. You know what? This it's clear just the composition of this Modena team, just they haven't got it together. And I don't know what they've been doing the past few years, but they've just, they've put a lot of hope on that old duo of, of Bruno and Engapeth. Uh, and it's clearly not working, you know, um, they're still in second place. Uh, they, they were in second place uh, heading into this weekend, but I'm still not convinced by this Modena team. They technically right. still Especially. are, but the, the, the drop-off between Perugia and second place is, is just an absolute joke. Like, literally 16 points 
with only six matches left to play in the regular season, separating first from second is ridiculous. Perugia is going to wrap up the one seed with like four matches left to play, and they're going to play on the bench, and they're probably still going to feed it. For me, there's there's Crazy. one person I, I don't think that we – well, like, first of all, Lagunja. Lagunja's efficiency was like 17% in this match. That's yeah, the second half like, of the it, season. What, what do we second. see about him every single year? After the halfway point in the season, this is what happens. Yeah, no, it's bad. But also, we're not talking about how Tobias Crick is nowhere to be found. He's useless. Right? He's, he's is a better player, and I actually like him. I like him more, and it, and he's Italian. So there's no like reason you, to play Crick. He's a waste you, of space. You have old man Daddy Stran- Daddy Stankovic out there who's going like five for ten and add- adding three blocks, and he's a way better at like what like thirty five years old. He's a way better option than like the seven foot two Crick. Crick needs to figure it out. Get off talk. Start going to the gym. Stop being such a nepotism baby. And you know, like be better, just just be, be better. better. Figure it out, as as they say up north of the border. Figure it out, uh, f- figure it out, Piacenza. Figure it out. I know you didn't have your outside hitters, but it's weird. You have the exact same combination of players and beat Trentino, and now you're losing to the worst team in the league. Figure it out, Yuri Romano for sure. Uh, however, keep doing what you're doing, Brizard, in terms of giving Robert Lemisimo in 24 attempts. That's what I like to see. That is obviously uh, what he demands, and his stat line was insane. Obviously not susp- sustainable for Siena. Martin Van Garderen is not going to hit 67% efficiency every game. No. Julio Pinali taking 50 swings is an absolute joke. Like It's an abomination, It's terrible. It's, I'm glad I didn't watch this, watch this match because any play that didn't involve Simone touching the ball probably would have want me, made me want to just break my computer screen. So I'm thrilled I didn't watch that one. Piacenza figure it out. Trentino figure it out. They, are, they aren't beating the teams they're supposed to beat. She's staring at gets credit. But, I mean, Trentino is slipping into that position where they're, they're like that four spot right now. Let's go back to the standings. Trentino and Piacenza both right now, if they play each other – in the first round that that might be a fun series but they would go oh and nine in sets against perugia the semifinals either of those two teams it's weird because in december uh, trentino didn't drop a set and now coming into january of 2023 they still haven't won a match losing to piacenza and now cisterna uh and next week they've got lube so you've got two teams who are a little, little rough, but in, in all fairness, I look at Trentino's roster and I look at the way that team is put, put together and I look at the way that team plays and I have way more hope for Trentino. I still think Trentino is the second best team in Super League right now. I simply don't know who the second best team in the Super League is. I legitimately have no idea. And If, uh, you're, if you're I right, had to pick from the mud pile, it would be <laughs> Trentino. So this weekend, you're right. Let's 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 wrap this up in, in the Italian men's side by looking at this weekend. Lube versus Trentino Saturday is a banger. Monza versus Piacenza Saturday is pretty good. Um, Verona versus Milano Sunday. I don't know. Modena versus Perugia, the top two teams in the league. Like I, that match probably won't be very good to be honest, but it is the top two teams in the league. And then Padova no, that'll be versus, an hour and shower. Probably then Padova versus Toronto. I mean. They, both those teams kind of got to win that game. Otherwise, you start to start to say the R words surrounding either one of those two. Yeah, Toronto moves uh, ahead of uh, of Padova in the standings based off right. of points, even though they have less wins than, than Padova. So if they could get the win over Padova this weekend, that would really cement and, and pad themselves a little bit from relegation with Siena and last, Padova ha- ahead of them, and then Toronto sitting there in 10th. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be a very good weekend. So two games Saturday, four games Sunday. We'll be back on, on next Tuesday to recap it all for sure. But there's no way it can be as ridiculous as this past weekend. This past weekend was absolutely insane. I've never, I mean, never seen 
never seen five of the six games have crazy upsets like that. It's ridiculous. No, we, we can hope, though. We can hope. We can hope. All right, shall we turn our attention to the women's side? Yeah, absolutely. Let's 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 jump over to uh, the women. So honestly, sure. pretty similar on the women's side. There was some really good stuff this past weekend, and a, a couple upsets here and there. A couple of the impacts by some of the midseason transfers that we talked about on last week's show really starting to be felt around the league. And I think we got to start with Casa Maggiore beating Malonza. Malonza yeah. is is an absolute nightmare. Uh, I mean. Shout out to our, our researcher, uh, Agatha, who's in, in the chat right now, who's been doing some research for us. We know what the, what the deal is with this team. A, a bunch of roller coasters. The oh, Literally, the only piece of stability is Alessia Oro. And even she has her moments where, where a little bit of weirdness goes on. Um, well, let's see. I guess Casa Maggiore led 24-20 in the fourth set, had four match points, and Malonza came back to at least take a point. So I guess good for them. But that's good, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, they stole a point. They still can't figure out their opposite position. Uh, they still can't really figure out their outside hitter position because they've still got a lot of characters that they're trying to rotate in and out. And uh, a, another good point by by Agata. This is the quarterfinal matchup in the Copa Italia that we're going to see uh, of Castle Maggiore versus Malonza. So uh, about, I think, not next week, but the week after, we'll see that matchup again. You know what? To me, when I look at this stat sheet, these numbers look like a third, like a three setter or a four setter. The fact that Stesiak is is leading Malone's in points with only sixteen, or, or sorry, um, with only seventeen points, yeah. like that's that's bad, right? That 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 shouldn't be happening over the course of five sets. You guys need to learn how to score more points because they just rotate in so many bodies, but nobody is even when they make changes. The per, the people that come off the bench don't play that well. It's 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 very very strange. It's honestly it's kind of what I wish what Verona on the men's side would do is have a <laughs> have a shorter leash, have a shorter leash on their players that don't play well. And for Malonza on the women's side, I wish that they would have a longer leash. I, I wish that they would play a lineup and stick with it. Yeah, just just stick with something. What yeah. one thing at a time because you got so many different like Dana Reck is getting in, Stefan Stefanovic is, is is getting in. You got Rafael Foley in the middle. You've got Stezyak playing. You've got Jordan Thompson playing. You've got Jordan Larson playing. Like it <laughs> just pick a roster, please. Yeah, right? Fair. You know what? Sell some players, make some money and pick a roster. That's true. Maybe it'll be a it's, little It's not like they couldn't get any return on on a couple of their players who are sitting the bench for them anyway. They've they've got to change their strategy going into this offseason. I mean, obviously season's not over there. Where, where are they at? Let's put the standings up. I think they're still in third by some miracle because nobody's mm-hmm. touching Corneliano and Scandici is clearly better than both Malone's and Novara, but this this Malone's a team the way they're playing right now. I have absolutely no faith in them in the playoffs. Like I could even see them losing to Castle Maggiore in the first round if they play them. Which the way the seeds are right now, they would play them in the playoffs in addition to the Italian Cup. And I would not really be that confident on them in even winning that series. So it's such a one eighty from this Malone'sa team from last year. At the, at this point in the year, they had just beaten um, Canigliano. They had good results in the the Champions League. They had just picked up Dana Retke. They had George, Jordan Larson. Like this was a team that was looking good, and we were like, "Oh my goodness, it's a team that could be Canigliano in the finals." But this year, uh, you know what? It's it's a it's a two horse race. It's a one horse race with uh, uh, Scandici kind of 
playing in the wake a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And when, another good point about Malone's Champions League fiasco from last week, we'll certainly talk about that because that was one that we did not expect. A um, couple others from this week in the Lega Volley Femminile. Firenze. Firenze bounces back with a much-needed win, beating Bergamo 3-2. Ophelia Malinov makes her Firenze debut. Just last week, Everett, we were talking on the show, talking about transfers and the Malinov thing, which we were talking like as if it was confirmed. At that point, it was not. It hadn't, it hadn't even been you know, signed, sealed, delivered. Sure enough, it's in the last seven days, Malinov officially transfers, starts for Firenze, and they beat Bergamo, who's a playoff team right now. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the standings right now, there is not much separating. Like, Firenze is sitting in 11th, but with 16 points. Casa Maggiore is in six, only nine points ahead of, ahead of them with, with 25. There's not that much separation. And I'm really interested to really going to be interested to see how Malinov can affect that Firenze team. Cause that Firenze team is, 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 is a team that I think has underperformed this year get based on the, uh, the roster that, that, that they have. So I can see them making a late season still pretty like further along in the men's league than we are in, in the women's league because of how late we started due to the world championships. Right. So we're, and they have more we, teams. And, and, and there's more teams. Absolutely. So there's still plenty of time. Like there's still like over 10, there's still like a dozen weeks left in this left in the regular season now. So there's so much can happen. Basically there's only three games that separate sixth to 11th. So much could happen in that time and in, in that space. And I think that right now for Forenzi to be getting Malinov, that's absolutely massive. And for, Maybe it like helps up Brit Herbots a little bit and and they could spark something moving forward. Yeah, it looks like they were a little bit more balanced. I mean, Sylvia and Wachler had 52 attempts, which is uh, unusually high, even for especially for a team with Brit Herbots on who had 60. And I, I, I made a mistake, by the way. Malinoff didn't start the match. She started two of the sets, but didn't okay. start set one. So she played she played a decent amount for her first match in like with less than a week in a new team. What's funny is that she's coming over from Scandici. I think Monty made this point in the Discord. Scandici is like 15 kilometers away from downtown Florence. <laughs> like she probably didn't even have to have to move apartments. It must be nice. Oh, that that is pretty awesome. I mean, at the same time, like Sylvia Nocolor was the was a top five scorer back in the 20, 2021 season and scored over four hundred points that, that that season. So that was the, one of my reasons having Nocolor on the right side and Britt Herbots on the left side. That's two ha- hitters that can handle a lot of load. That's why I thought they were going to be doing really really well. Now we're going to be able to see if the injection of Malinov into that lineup can help release them a little bit because you have two bazookas on the opposite, kind of almost a lot like Verona. If you had Rock Mozich on the Kata or Sapochnikov on on the right, you know that's a, that's the situation there that could be really good if if you have a setter who can handle both of those athletes who require a big load. Yeah, that's true. Uh, moving down the list, Corneliano beats Busto Arsizio three to one. A pretty competitive match from Busto, but they're not going to beat uh, Isabel Hawk as as good as she was. Uh, Kelsey Robinson Cook was really good as well. Uh, Lovith Omari was the best player for Busto, who played for Corneliano last year. So that was good for her. And uh, one of Agatha's notes I thought was funny. She says, the English commentator on Volleyball World was so terrible that most people decided to switch the game with Italian commentary from the second set on. He could not get player's name right, called Volos Carraro all the time, called Isabel Hawk Hook or Hulk, was so annoying and gave us classics such as Cook overcooked that one or Far went too far. Oh my God, I'm glad I didn't watch that game. (laughs) Sheesh. My water bottle was empty, but I just had to sip on my other beverage behind 
Yeah, I'm, to I'm keep either... my, mouth shut, my mouth shut during that one. Boy, are, are we going to have some fun ranting about commentators this weekend? We, boy, we, we could have entire, like, full-time jobs just complaining about how, how bad commentary is in volleyball world for the most part. I've been thinking about like break, like 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 screen grabbing some of it and just making another channel and just going off and starting to rant about it. I think like, we should. If if anybody out there, it, let's let's test the people. If you find a terrible clip of commentary, clip it and send it to us. We will make a and montage. That, and that includes because I've seen people commentating like in the Discord and being like, "I love it when it's the most exciting play of the game and the commentator isn't saying a word." <laughs> or when you've you've got you know the commentator doesn't say anything for five six points in a row, um, so or 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 even better when you have two commentators and the English guy is making the um, knowledgeable American, not the one in front of me, obviously, uh, looking really good by being like, "What do you think about this?" Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite quotes in the summer. I may be, I may be reaching it a little bit, but yeah, if you see bad commentary clip it out send it to us please yeah well let's 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 start let's start taking some action on that and uh, and creating a montage of just how embarrassing it all is and uh, if i make any stupid mistakes on commentary clip me out too please uh, include me when i mess something up uh all right coming up this weekend in the italian women's league uh scandici versus novara is good uh bergamo versus malonza is kind of good casa Maggiore versus cuneo is pretty good uh, even Volifolia versus Caneliano is at least watchable now that Volifolia has any Drews, but uh, Caneliano is obviously going to win. Uh, ooh, there's here we go. There's people complaining about commentators in the chat. The commentator on Milano Modena called Lagumja Lagum Dija. That's pretty bad. I hate when phone rings in the middle of a game for a commentator. That's incredibly unprofessional. Yeah, let's clip these things out. Let's start making a montage. Please. Yeah, I, Please. I don't. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it, man. I don't doubt it. Well, oh my! Me, yeah, I mean, hey, it, unbelievable! I don't even want to. I don't. I'm about to walk off right now. Yep, uh, we we don't we don't need to get any further into it. Uh, let's let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's, we got we got plenty more going on. Uh, let's talk about the Plus Liga. Uh, the, we got to catch up on the Plus Liga. Um, let's see a couple a couple headlines. One one that our our, our guy Adonis put in the Discord today. Taylor Averill's stats on the year in the Plus Liga are even more ridiculous than I even knew that they were. He has 196 attacking attempts this season, and he has single-digit errors. He's hit four balls out of bounds, and he's been blocked four times the entire year. He's at 65% efficiency on the season, which is insane. And when Olsen beat Xavierce on Sunday, they swept the, one of the best teams in the league, uh, I think, Averill, he, he won the MVP of the match at like 91% efficiency. And I know Xavierce didn't have Euros Kovacevic. That's an important asterisk. But uh, Olsen is hot. They beat Katowice again today as well. So uh, they're getting hot at the right time after a pretty rough start to the year. And again, that team is fun. Just kind of like we thought that they were going to be. To me, it just kind of further showed, like, where was Averill at the Olympics last year, right? Where, where, where was, like, I, I know he was taking the summer off from the national team. But this is a guy who... Just he maximizes himself in so many areas, right? And 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 does further than that. Like physically, he's out there. The way that he thinks the game is out there as well. And I'm continually impressed about how he pushes himself. And I mean, he's just been inching his way up. And I'm sure he's got to be even better contract waiting for him uh, after this season as well. I think so too. There are people talking in the Discord today about maybe even Zaxa tries to go after him because uh, the future of the immortal blocker position is uncertain, and he's 
having an amazing year and they kind of have flexibility with foreigners. So that would be a massive contract. He's also a must watch social media follow. Obviously, if you're not already following Hands Taylor Averill, you're seriously missing out. And the uh, point in the chat, I was just about to bring up, uh, he hit a pipe. <laughs> he got set a pipe. He was playing D in position six after, after serving and he killed it, but it did go off the tape. So I expect better out of him next time. Uh, elsewhere in the Plus Liga, Rosovia convincingly atop the standings right now. They pretty easily three dong scrub Elkhov on Sunday. And uh, Bartosz Bednors made his debut for Zaxa. Uh, he didn't, I don't know if he actually saw the court or not. No, he yeah, he was on the start. roster, but he didn't play. Yeah, he warmed up, and then I was making fun of Eric Shoji because they, they, Zaxa used Bar- Bartosz Bednors for all their marketing material. Like, oh, come watch our shiny new toy. And he went and hitting lines and then didn't see the court. So, uh, Zaxa beat Nissa anyway in a derby match 3-0, so that was pretty impressive without Bednors, but uh, I expect him to get into the mix, especially looking um, about a week from now. They play Trentino in a big Champions League game. I would not be at all surprised if Bednors started that one. Especially the way, like, so close up the top of the Liga, right? They're only a couple of games behind. Like, they're only seven points behind Rosovia and, and a few point, spots back. You inject Bednors, who's can be an offensive weapon. Weapon. Uh, into that lineup, and I think good good things can happen. I honestly don't know what to call it. It's so close in the Plus League, especially amongst those those top four teams uh, between Rejov, JW, Zavieci, and and Zaxa. Playoffs are going to be sick. That's all I have to say. They are, yeah. JW is struggling. Zavierce is even kind of struggling a little bit. Zaxa just got reinforcements, and Rosovia is playing great. So it's literally anybody's league. Uh, Gdansk is having a good year. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, coming up this week, I'm scanning. Uh, Zaxa versus Gdansk is a pretty good game. Uh, Yashemsky versus Stalnissa is actually kind of a good game. Vershava is playing a lot better. They've got Skra this weekend, so... Uh, good stuff. Good stuff there. Uh, check out the uh, leave Luke Lublin, who's super hot, plays Xavierche, who they beat a couple weeks ago. Who knows? Okay, Lublin is just sitting on the outside of the of the playoffs right now. They've got the exact same record as a uh, Nisa, but they're still three points behind. Who who knows? Ah, man, I I love the Plus League. I think we need to watch it way more. Yeah, Plus League is awesome. All right. Uh, before we move on to some CEV competition, because this is something we got to spend a lot of time on, both men's and women's. Everett, uh, show the people the T-shirt that you're wearing right now. Absolutely, check God, it. Honestly, beautiful. guys, I've I've been wearing it all day. It's so comfy. It's it's so comfy. Oh, it's it just feels good as soon as you put it on. It hugs your skin nicely. Looks oh makes the arms look good. Been going to the gym a little bit. You can't really tell. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, this is our nine by nine squared series. It, we got it in a crew neck. We've got it in a hoodie. We've got it in t-shirts. Plenty of colors too. Uh, I think I've got. Oh yeah, I've actually got the hoodie right here. I wear it most weeks, but you know it's a little toasty in my house. Let's check it out. We got a nice maroon color. I wore this to the U of T versus McMaster game this weekend. Everyone thought I was a McMaster fan. I'm a master fan when they're playing LBSU. Otherwise, I'm completely neutral. So I'll have to I'll have to switch it up again uh, for next week. But yeah, head over to that volleyball dot store. And here's the deal, guys. We are so damn close to we're so damn close to two milestones right now on on volleyball source. First and foremost, the Discord. We are like within twenty people, I think, of 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 cracking a thousand people on the Discord, and that would be massive. And I think we're within 30 people of cracking 10,000 on the YouTube channel, which would also be massive. We're going to drop 
if if once we hit those those benchmarks, we're gonna drop a sale for both of those to celebrate. So make sure you share the Discord and it has to hit with both. It's once both hit, it's gonna hit within right. like the next week. I'm, I'm hoping. Once that hits, we'll we'll drop a sale on that volleyball store, so you can get all of your nine by nine merch, your spicy volleyball merch, like Rob is wearing the baseball tee right there, uh, and everything else. So head over to that volleyball st- dot store to check it out. Yep, uh, and especially help us get to those milestones. A thousand people in the Discord would be huge. Even more importantly, ten thousand YouTube subscribers is a very big milestone, especially with the the history of the volleyball source YouTube channel, to say the least. So that would be big for us. And uh, I'm with you, Everett. I, I, I especially with uh, this weekend coming up, uh, which we'll talk about at the last bit of the show. Uh, I think we'll, we're about to see a spike in probably both things. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. All right, Everett. Last Wednesday, last Wednesday, January 11th, was some of the most fun I've ever had watching volleyball. And here's a big reason why. We previewed it on Tuesday night's show. Our boy Blair Lambert in the chat, who is a legend and has been watching volleyball for longer than we've been alive, he said, <laughs> despite, him like that. Despite, Sorry, the, despite the hype, he said, Modena is going to 3-0 Lundberg. And he then said in the Discord that he has never been happier to be wrong. What a match for a starting lineup of six North Americans with one of the best crowds I've seen all year, if not this, this decade. Lundberg beats Moden a 3-2 at home in the CEV Cup in an absolute barn burner. What a match, a match for the, for the out-of-system boys, for all three Canadian middles, for Jordan Ewart and Colton Cowell and Lucas Massa, obviously the one German in that starting lineup holding it down. This match was absolutely insane. This and Hawkbank versus Avierche going on at the exact same time, which we'll talk about in a minute, was some of the most fun I've had watching volleyball all year. Had both screens going. It was absolutely electric. They both went five. The good guys won both games. And Lundberg beating Modena might be the upset of the year in all of volleyball. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. And we've got Matt Buffum coming in saying that they should have won in three, and he's not necessarily wrong. It's not they wrong. Had, they definitely should have won they, the they, second. They had chances out there. They should have won. Was it the second or third where uh, Colwell – no, that, that was the, the third where Colton Colwell co- called his own touch um, to tie and the game up. Ended which up is, winning anyway. But, yeah, yeah they, they absolutely should have won the second set. And it, it was it was crazy because – as as we heard, I mean, every, both you and I listened to the Out of System Boys podcast earlier today, where they which they, which is a must listen must. to. I yeah. think if 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 you're interested in it at all, if you watch the game, you didn't watch the game, you have to listen to that podcast. They break it down so so well. And I honestly, I think that they were just trying to sugarcoat a part of some of the parts of this match, both that match and then the Hawkbank match that were rougher around the edges that they didn't want to get into. We're going to get into them. We are, we are going to get into Absolutely. them. First of all. Modena did not take Lundberg seriously. That not much is extremely clear. Mm-hmm. They did not scout. They did not plan on playing the starters. They started a joke of a lineup, and they and sure enough, Lundberg came out, punched him in the mouth in the first set, and brought Irvin Ingepet in off the bench late in set one, at, at which point it was basically already too late for Modena. So great sign there if you're Lundberg. You take advantage of a team that is sleeping on you. But then the rest of the match got even more interesting. It got really, really chippy. In the eighth finals of CEV Cup, there is no challenge system in play. And in, in, in international volleyball the last five years, we've really gotten spoiled by the challenge system so much so that we've kind of forgotten what it's like when everything isn't immediately reviewable. And boy, did that create some drama. 
It was it was bad at times. Yeah, and I mean, Joe breaks Joe broke it down pretty well in the in the in the out of system podcast. But it you could tell why both teams were getting heated. It was it was just the perfect boiling pot of everything going on. Like that new Loomberg Stadium is beautiful. Oh, you have awesome. the two levels. It was standing room only. People were loud. They have the German clackers going off in between in between every point. Bruno's whining. Angapeth is whining. You know, neither of them looking good. You've got Jordan Snitcher blocking them all, all over the place. Joe Worsley running that offense just beautifully. Man, Jordan, you were. How much can you say about this? What a what a clinic! How is he not? How is he not? When I watch what Jordan Ewart did against Modena and Hershing this weekend, compared to Cody Kessel, who while starting for Berlin loses to Giesen, they got three donned by Giesen, which we're going to talk about in a little bit too. How is Cody Kessel wearing a Team USA jersey and Jordan Ewart isn't even is sniffing the gym? I'm not even American. I shouldn't even be upset about this like this. But man, Jordan Ewart. <laughs> Time and time again, looks so good. Spira, watch a little bit of international volleyball, please, and give him a shot. Well, apparently he doesn't. He didn't know who Camille Semenyuk was going into last summer. That's the best thing di- I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Different conversation. Jordan Ewert balled out. So did Colton Cowell. I got to give him a huge amount of credit. There was one ridiculous scramble play where Joe, like, kind of falling, bump set a ball, like, right on the net, and Cowell out of absolutely nowhere, like, ripped the ball four to four inside 10 feet inside two gigantic blockers it's like a straight up bounce ball and out of system situation out of nowhere that was so hype jordan schnitzer put on a blocking clinic especially one huge one late in odyssey gumja in the fifth i mean this match was absolutely amazing and it had a little bit of everything and okay apparently there were some words said after the match uh in like the in the quote-unquote handshake lines that weren't really very handshaking or sportsmanlike uh ever what, what have what have you heard that we can share about some of the drama going on during and after this match the fact that bruno is going after bench players and saying that their celebrations are disrespectful get over yourself bruno just win the game you should win the game yeah, actually win the prepare game. take them seriously like, not and, don't, and that. don't just that's and, disrespectful and don't just whine about it when things don't go about your way i was like it, like as as one of the canadian guys told me after the games they were disappointed in the way that that modena acted right the, like these these guys this is the opportunity of a lifetime to play some of the, their heroes Right. We've grown up like especially guys who are just joining these these teams now. They've grown up watching Bruno win Olympics, Angapath win Olympics, win World Leagues, win VNL titles, World Championships, whatever, whatever it is. And to go up there and act that way just because you guys aren't on your best that day is absolutely terrible. Calling out a bench player like a guy who wasn't even in the game in the in the, the handshake line. Have a little bit of class like it, it kind of hurts me because Bruno is someone that I, I respect so much. I won't lie. I, I kind of expect that type of attitude from Engabeth just 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 oh, because totally. it's Engabeth, right? A, he's an absolute loser. But, he's probably the worst sport in in all of volleyball. When when the first thing doesn't going his, go his way, he pouts the rest of the game and gets stuff blocked seven times against the German team. I mean, he's yeah. his, his attitude problems are well known. But I did not expect this out of Bruno. I agree. I mean, 
Gianni. Or Gianni, for God's sakes. Yeah. What is, what is this guy doing talking? What, 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 what did he say to Pierceschenko that you were talking about? Yeah, apparently he, he told Pierceschenko that he was a disgrace to all of Canada because he didn't call his block touches. And yet you can, like, if you go to the Out of System podcast, you clearly hear about Angapeth not calling his block touches. Like, it's it's this kind of stuff that I absolutely hate. And you know what? Like, we, we say we don't really expect it from Bruno, but how many times have we seen it from Bruno? I remember, I remember a, a specific Italian ref telling me back in 2012 when World League was in Canada, and the FIVB had basically told that you do not car Bernardino, who was Bruno's dad, of course, playing uh, coaching Brazil at the time. And I think that's just an extension. And I mean, hey, you know what we see in North American sports? LeBron gets the call, right? Le- 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 LeBron is able to get that call. The same thing with with Michael Jordan. And you you do have to have some of that respect for for those legendary players. But you know what? If you're going to lose, take it like a man. Don't go whining about it. Totally. Totally. And they did not take this loss like a man, like like men, from what it sounded like on the Modena side. Uh, I mean, Gianni's complaining. Bruno's complaining. Ingepet's complaining. Nobody's fault but their own. They slept on a good team and got punched in the mouth on the road in one of my favorite matches that I've watched this year. So it, it was it, so good to see these these kids that we know personally like i know joe and gage you know like all three of the canadian middles like and, and i met obviously pierce and i think I, I met xander briefly over the summer those those guys deserve it those guys had a huge opportunity to play against some of their heroes like you said they made the most of it it was the biggest win in Lundberg's club history by far our guy stefan hubner their head coach huge congratulations to him well deserved and i just hope i really 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 hope that in the return leg Lundberg, when when they go to Modena a couple weeks, they don't just get destroyed, and I think that's very possible. Even if that does happen, it'll the, the winning winning that match at home will never be forgotten. But they they Modena, it would be in Modena's best interest to start the next match as pissed off as they finish the last one. Yeah, there's 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 two things I want to talk about. First and foremost, you know that Palapanini is going to be rocking. Good, right? They better, you know, and, take and them it better. Absolutely. Take take them seriously because because remember what happened to Modena in last year's CEV CEV Cup. That's right, right, losing the to tools yep. in this exact same situation in the exact same round, right? And they would have basically put them on to the finals because Anik Kazan was 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 kicked out because of other reasons at, at that point right so you know what Modena has a lot to play for and I, I do think that there's not a lot of pressure on the Lundberg side of, side of things right but it's, it's so clear to me that that Modena did did no preparation preparation for this match if you had just gone back a few matches like even a one month back of their matches you would have seen that they've pushed Berlin and Friedrichshafen so hard and this was a tough team to play against but I even even Joe was was talking about it in their podcast. I don't think that's going to happen uh, the same same way around in in the, in the second round playing at Modena. I would be shocked if if that would. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that next match Modena will understand what they need to do to be prepared uh, to win to advance in that tournament. But we've also seen Modena sleepwalk in CEV Cup before, thinking that they're better than it, thinking that they're going to get through no problem. And that's exactly what we saw last year. So I'm definitely rooting for Lundberg. I think we all are. Um, huge congratulations to them again on that win. And the next match we got to talk about was the one happening at the exact same time in an even bigger competition an even arguably even more ridiculous match, almost a three hour barn burner in Turkey 
Hawkbank Ankara beats Xavier Che 1917 in the fifth. And I'm not going to show the clip of Micah Ma'a stuff blocking Yuris Kovacevic on match point because you know CEV will take the video down. But oh my goodness, <laughs> what a visceral like release of pure energy we saw from Micah as soon as he won that match. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, MVP well-deserved. This was one of the craziest matches of the year. Uh, now, this is a Champions League game. They have replay. They have challenges. The officials completely lost control of this game. Completely lost control of this game. And, and I, I talk about this in sports a lot, more sports than just volleyball, about how officiating impacts games. Officiating impacts volleyball less than any other major sport on earth. And still, really, their only job is to control keep the game under control especially when you have replay to rely on but somehow they completely lost control of this hawk bank versus xavier chick game there were red cards handed out i think to both teams there were replays that were just clueless there were calls by the officials that made no sense and micah talked about a little bit about it in the out of system podcast but sure enough at the very very end of it all just a huge release as ma'a stuff blocks Kovacevic at 19-17 in the fifth. This match was ridiculous. It was incredibly fun to watch this and Lundberg side by side. And again, like I said, uh, the the good guys won both games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Micah Maas like hit it on the head in the the out assist gas when talking about that. You, you you can give a card in that situation, but if a player is reacting to your bad call, yes, right, the, the, that is completely wrong, and yes. that you 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 admit that is wrong and you overturn, it shouldn't be a red card. It should just it should just be a yellow because like if you can't keep it up up to the game right like y- you need to monitor it better because that's what basically gave um, gave Zavierci the the set in that one but uh, still it was a banger of a match it basically puts Hulk Bank in a position to in a good position to take a pool because they have to play Hebar uh, in the in the final week next week uh, Zavierci uh, has to go and play Berlin at Berlin so. Man, anything could happen. That that's the most volatile pool, and it got even worse. And I love it. Totally, it was it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, Xavierche now basically a shoe in to win the pool. Hebar's got really nothing to play for. They did just get Julio Sabi from the Chinese league, for what it's worth. But uh, I, I think that might even be a step down from Simon Hirsch, who they had before. So I think Ankar is going to win that pool. And remember, Berlin last leg beat Xavierche in Poland, so that could go literally any way. Yeah, and I mean, hey. That Berlin Stadium is that Max Schmeling Hall can yep. get August. If they get a good a good crowd out there and they rest the boys this weekend, they, they basically gave up a loss to Geeson. My boy Jory Mantha went off. It was awesome to see. Um, but the the Berlin boys are rested. They're they're ready to go. And if they can they could pull it off. Like what's what's the uh, the standings at in the, that pool? Let's let's pull that up. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot more about Champions League because I think we're still locking down the details. But I think we'll have a dedicated show tomorrow only to men's Champions League, where we look at all the different situations in the pool standings headed in to week six, which is not this week but next week, uh, where it's the last round of that of the, of the fourth round of the main round where we decide. Uh, who advances. So uh, stick around. We'll let you know details about that. We think that we're going to get to do a main dedicated show on Champions League tomorrow uh, where we talk about all this. Is so it, we, are we going to have a, a, sp- a certain special guest? I think we very well may. Yeah. <laughs> I think we very right. well may. So well, then I, I have, I, I had also planned a, a podcast for tomorrow. So I'll, I'll move that for to Thursday. 
hey, with the only with the only Canadian in the Plus League. So that that would be a fun one. Is that the the kid who's backing up Jake Haynes on Bielskobiala? Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I hope that I hope that that show goes well, and I hope that that kid doesn't get relegated. But that's not it's not looking so good right now. Uh, all right. Hey, so you know we'll, we'll we'll talk a lot more about men's Champions League on the dedicated show tomorrow. Stick around for the schedule on that. But let's talk about women's because the women's Champions League uh, had they had their week three last week, which is when we yeah. kind of expect matches to get good, and then they're in the middle of week four right now. Uh, so they're they're trying to play catch up against the men's. And sure enough, Everett, we had a couple upsets in week three. Fenerbahce lost again. Two weeks in a row, they're now in third in their pool in Champions League in serious danger of not making it out. This time they lose to Woods in four. They need Melissa Vargas so bad. Yeah, they, 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 they really, because like not only did they lose in Champions League, but they got three donged hard by exhausted basha this weekend in the uh Southern La liga we'll talk about we that can, in a which second. we, we can yeah. touch on in a second too but this is a team that's floundering and they need a little bit of firepower yes they're going to be getting melissa vargas but is it too little too late i don't know it, very possibly i mean they've dug themselves a significant hole in, in champions league like we were talking about their pool what is it pool B maybe D. D thank D. you. Yeah. Uh, the only the only pool with three competitive teams with uh, with Stuttgart, Woods, and Fenerbahce. And Fenerbahce lost both of them. They're now one and two. The best way place they can finish is four and two. That will probably be good enough for second at best. So they've really got to turn it around. Uh, probably needing three and zero oh, uh, the rest of the way. And the other crazy upset in women's Champions League. We alluded to it earlier. Malonza losing to a French team. However, it's not really a French team. It's basically yeah. a Russian team. 97% yeah, of the points scored by Le Canet in their five-set win over Malone's the last French. week were by Russian players. I've been watching Emily in Paris on Netflix because his French was <laughs> quite good quite good right there. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Just no one could have seen this coming. But then when you when you look at how this French team is made up with mostly uh, Russian players, it does kind of make sense. Um, let, let's see here. 26 points for Vita Akamova, 19 for Anna Kitakova, um, 15 for Kocharuna, and 15 for Popova. Like, basically, you've got little Moscow uh, in France. Does... <laughs> Is, is 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 that allowed? Because I know that uh, in our Discord they were talking about how um, there's like a, a Turkish team that was like the uh, they had a Ukrainian player and a Russian player, and basically the Ukrainian Federation came on, even though they signed the Ukrainian player later, they they came in and said that you need to take out this Russian player, uh, and and eventually ended the Ukrainian player like leaving the team. Yeah, I so heard about like that. Um, so like, like this is an interesting situation where there's like a mass, mass exodus of Russian players from the Russian Superliga, and now they're going to for France. Well, I mean, good for them. The, it makes sense for the French League. There's no foreigner limit. They can basically make pretty much Russian super teams and get around that uh, ban of CV competition. Uh, but on the Malonza side, this is just another absolute egg that they laid. I don't understand what they're doing with their lineup. I know that uh, somebody pointed out in the chat earlier that Miriam Silla is hurt. But they've still got to be better than this. Why is Jordan Larson not playing? Why aren't you playing in her until the fifth set? Who is yeah. Adina Begich? Who is that? Why is Magdalena Stisiak not playing when Jordan Thompson's having a terrible game? What is going on here? Like To me, Marco Gaspari 
is in the same level of Stoichev at this point. Like, <laughs> like start figuring it out or you're going to get canned because it's, it's just not looking good. Also, I do kind of feel like the way this Monza team was put together is that like the owner was looking at a bunch of puzzles and was just like, I'm going to make a puzzle off of all of the nicest pieces, not because they fit together in any way, shape or form, but just because they're pretty. Right. And of course, when I say pretty here, I mean that they're good athletes. I'm not talking about their physical appearance. It would, it would never, you know, just desensitize our, our female athletes like that. But <laughs> like, on it, you have such an embarrassed riches and you can't be French team. Yeah, come on. Figure it out, Malonza. Figure, figure it out, Caspari. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> I love figure it out. So uh, this week in Champions League, it's week four. Now we're getting the rematches. Uh, there are a couple matches earlier today. I think Novara and uh, who else won today? Navarra won no problem. Uh, Zhezhov won no problem. Great. Good for them. Uh, I don't really see that many other matches this week that are good, with the exception of Fenerbahce versus Stuttgart, which Stuttgart won last time around. But now Melissa Vargas is there uh, for yet another time. Um, she has come back to join Fenerbahce after the Chinese League season. So uh, I would hope for Fenerbahce's sake that she suits up tomorrow. Um, and matches 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, a Fenerbahce versus Stuttgart. So maybe Vargas comes in and plays. Uh, maybe she helps. Other than that, I don't see anything very good this week in Women's Champions League. Yeah, That match is actually going to be on uh, YouTube for free uh, oh, nice. and live. So if you guys want to watch that one, over, you can head over to volleyballsource.ca. Uh, there's a nice little post there with a link with uh, all of the... Um, all of the uh, live streams from from this week. Yeah, all huge, of the free ones. Huge shout out to our friend Joel. She's uh, kind of overhauled the Volleyball Source website, so there's a lot more on there. There's a lot of links to live streams that are embedded in the website. It's way easier to find them. So if you're not regularly looking at VolleyballSource.ca, uh, start. It, it's it's really been great to have Joe help us out with that. Yeah, it's been awesome. So only of, up from here. Right. Speaking of Fenerbahce, we've talked about it. We, we've hyped this match up, actually, Everett, for several weeks. We really wanted to see Fenerbahce versus Zadzajabasha in the Turkish League. Not even close. Not even close. What were these set scores? 18-13-19. Get out of here. Hour and a shower. I tuned in this one because it was live on YouTube. It was great. I was just on YouTube early Saturday morning. I was like, oh, sick. Zashabasha versus Fenerbahce. This is gonna be a game. Settle in. I turn it on, and within like ten minutes, I was like, "This is this is not worth watching." No. It, it 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 wasn't even a romp. It was just an absolute demolition. It was like Thanos snapped his finger, and half of Fenerbahce's soul was just absolutely ripped out. Um, it, it, yeah, on that's all I have to say. If I day about this, Lazareva was the only decent one out there with with thirteen points. Um, McCreese didn't even play for 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 Fenerbahce. Yeah, their, their center position like, is weird. They've got yeah. two Brazilian setters, and they can't really figure out which one of them is going to start. That doesn't make sense. Irina Fedoritseva was six for twenty with a zero percent efficiency. Like, and somebody was like, "Where's Fedoritseva in your top tens? I mean, hey, you don't you're not on the national team scale at all, and like you're basically the women's Addis Lukumja of being good in the first half and not Whoa. good in the second half. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for Fenerbahce right now. Um, they are tanking hard for Rona. Yeah, style. I, I know Ada Erdem is their heart and soul. She's been sick. She hasn't played, but she's a middle. You've still got to play well if you're missing a middle. But they get Melissa Vargas. We'll see if they can rescue things. Uh, again, they've got Champions League tomorrow. And my only other takeaway from this is how scary Zajabasha can be when Hande Baladin plays well. 
And she yes, was off that absolutely. night for 15. Yeah. And this is, it's the same thing with Turkey, right? When Hande Baladin is good, they're great. When she's not so good and you have to rely on just your right side, whether it's uh, Karakut or um, uh, Boscovich, it's not it's not so good. So I still think Zagzasterbaz is a team that can make impact both in the Sutela League, you know, long term. Bank hasn't looked good and is still a potential like is a potential candidate to win the Champions League. So I'm going to be very interested to watch this team. I have no hope in Fenerbahce right now. No, none. Even, even when you bring in Melissa Vargas, uh, I don't I don't know if they can if they're going to be able to change things quite quickly. Yeah, somebody puts in the chat. You should look at Zajabasha's set ratio: forty-two and one. Oh my god! <laughs> Dropped one set all year. It's crazy. Now they've only played Vodka wow. Bank once. Still, that is completely insane. Uh, Zajabasha does play Thy this week, and Thy is good. So uh, we'll see what happens there. When do they play Vodka Van Rijk? And and to, so uh, actually, Thy just also picked up the uh, Brazilian coach. Why am I blanking on his name? Moving on from Marcelo Abondanza, which is yeah, an absolutely huge pickup. So I'm interested to see what they're going to be able to do with Kira Van Rijk and, and the rest of the Thy team. Uh, also, uh, our girl Logan Eggleston had a great debut with Galatasaray, so she's there now. Good yeah, stuff. Good point. Yep. Good How, stuff. How'd you do? Uh, she was great. I, I can't remember the scoring, but I thought I remember seeing that her numbers were good. So good for her. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. A couple other things before we have some kind of big news to end the show. One is we want to spotlight the French League. We don't do this very much, but uh, my boy Kyle Ensing dropped a banger for San Lazera, three-one win over Chamon, and uh, twenty points. And he had an awesome match. I, I forgot I had the stats up earlier. I don't have them up right now, but he was great. It's good to see him playing in a real league. It's not Israel. Good for Kyle. And I mean, hey, that's that's huge for the San Lazare team uh, as well because they were in French league B last year, right? Like they, they, they this promoted. is a team that is always on the cusp. Like sometimes they're in Liga, sometimes they're in, they're in league B. And not only do you have, um, uh, San Azar or sorry, Kyle Ensing, who was real good with this. Quinn this Isaacson. 20 points. You've got Quinn Isaacson, who I really, I thought he was one of the best parts of that American team, the B team that I saw in, in, uh, Gatineau this past summer. I loved watching him play. And I love that he's been having an, an immediate impact for, for this team. And as you said, Love seeing Kyle Ensign playing playing in, in a non-Mickey Mouse league. <laughs> yeah, but, San Nazaire in uh, third right now, 35 points behind Toulouse, who's in first with 39. Uh, Chalmon is good. They have two Americans, uh, Mike Marshman and Pat Gassman. Uh, they're in fourth. How are some of the French guys doing? I know uh, Torquang isn't good as, they use, as good as they used to be at the beginning of the year. What have what, what the Canadians been up to? Yeah, Okoying is 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 led by uh, is you got three Canadians. They started the season really really hot, and they've kind of cooled off this uh, recently. They did get a nice three nothing win over Cambrai uh, this weekend. Uh, the other one to look out is Asset sitting down there in ninth place. That's where Derek Epp is playing, um, and they lost to uh, Nantes uh, Reze, who are currently in second place uh, right now. Yeah, the LNV is good. There's never like a favorite. And then whoever, there's the curse of literally whoever wins the French League is terrible the following year. Uh, yeah. So that, that seems I mean, to always happen. 
I don't think it it happened as th- this much because who was it? It was Tools that won the French League last year, and they're, they're they back in last first. Year? Okay, Comgay yeah, was like a top fourteen. Uh, Montpellier won last year. I think Tours choked in the finals, and Montpellier. Oh, you're eight. right. So it is kind of holding true, and obviously Khan won it two years ago, and then they got relegated last year. Yeah, so. they, they did. Comgay was a top four team, and they're they're in last place right yeah. now. They're two and fourteen with only with only seven points. Montpellier did start the season really really poorly, but they've brought things back up, and now they're back into the playoff pitcher at an even 500 danny demunico let's go right, my boy. Uh, moving from the french league to the german league we talked about this everett but berlin plays the bench against Gießen and gets three dogged what's going on there that one you know what it was it was uh the the, the bashing of two storms on one side you had berlin that just didn't look good. They couldn't really get together. They had the bench guys. Obviously, they're resting up the guys for the big matchup against Avicii, uh in the Champions League. But Giesen was rolling. Max Guntor was absolutely dominant in, in the middle. He was really big. And then, of course, my boy Jory Mantha uh, was, was also looking awesome. And you know what? It was just an entertaining game to watch all around. Of course, as always, you got to give a big shout out to the Spawn 10 slash Bouse House guys who... Straight up, like, I so badly want to be able to speak German because after the game's done or in between, they go back to the studio. They have the two guys who are watching everything and they talk about it a little thing. They've got graphics going on. They've got active stats. The only thing I wish they did is they used, I wish they used the baseline angle. Like, you guys are volleyball people. You should know this. Get with the, get with the program along with us. You guys are outlaws. We're outlaws. Let's be a cohesive unit and, and work together on this. But, uh, yeah, it was just an absolute massive win. It's it's a huge win just in the standings because Giesen is, is one of the, the better teams. So it kind of puts them up closer, brings um, Berlin down a little bit. And, man, the, the Bundesliga is so much fun right now. Just so much fun with Lundberg doing as well as well as they are, and uh, now Giesen get, getting on the board. It's just the last. Yep. Uh, also, always free to watch at twitch.tv slash spontent and uh, phenomenal broadcasts. So uh, good, good for the German league. Um, let's 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 bring it back to stateside, shall we? Let's talk about VLA. Let's talk about VLA. We had an awesome weekend. And if you want to watch uh, volleyball from the baseline, uh, look no further than the Volleyball League of America. Uh, season I, I kicked did. off. I, I tuned in. Yeah, I, I know you watched some games. It was great. Um, a phenomenal weekend to kick off the VLA season in the Central Division. Um, nobody went winless. Nobody went undefeated. And we had three five-setters in six matches. So there were some bangers. Very, very fun. Um, Swede picked up their first win as a Tier 1 team with a giant like stuff block on 15-14 in the fifth against their crosstown rivals. That's awesome. Uh, team Pineapple actually won the weekend, like I predicted on around the VLA. That was a Hail Mary, and that came it, through. It, it did seem to me like Team Pineapple is upgraded a little bit. Yeah, they, and they, they, I had Lloyd Ball on the broadcast really briefly, and he's like, yeah, we got some, we got some more depth. We got guys in the gym more often, and they are having more fun, and they're just – more excited about playing than they've been the last couple of years because the I, I think what i was was really liking to see is that when i would watch the vla in the past the tier one teams just seemed to me like a little bit older which i get they're the the the, the older teams that have been established and they have the bit older rosters but you got all these young upstart tier two teams so i love seeing that these tiered one teams are feeling threatened and rebolstering their roster because i was impressed by the level i i enjoyed watching it uh on saturday and, and a little bit on sunday too and yeah, it, it was it was really good. Price was was fantastic for Team yeah, Pineapple, and in 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 the first one, I know Iceman took that one, but uh, 
yeah, it was, it was, it was, I was stoked to be watching it. Yeah, it's good ball. Uh, it really is. It's fun to watch. And uh, so I did a, a live demo last week on our talk show around the VLA. We do that on the VLA YouTube channel just to kind of talk about what's going on in the league. We have a new partner for the league called Ball Time. It's this amazing, like, AI-based volleyball video analysis app. And basically, you put a video into it, and it automatically creates for you a volleyball source-style highlight video where it just takes out all the breaks and then it, you literally have clip by clip with all the breaks removed and you can add them to a highlight video, including you can sort by the type of action. You can sort by spikes, you can sort by serves, you can sort by blocks. It's ridiculous. So that will enable me and the VLA guys to create a, basically a volleyball source style highlight video from every single game really, really easily. So uh, check that out, uh, Volleyball League of America YouTube channel. You'll get like a 15-minute video of every play from the match that wasn't a service error. So uh, check that out if you can catch them live. Awesome. How do I use this? Uh, we, we can talk about getting getting you access to this thing. because Yeah, because like that, that would like bring down my editing time by so much. I know. It's amazing. It, it really is amazing. Shout out to Ball Time. Balltime.com is the website. All right, Everett, last but not least, uh, we've got some kind of exciting news. This was flying under the radar until we kind of put some things together. But there's a very big event coming up this weekend. And you may have noticed there's been a little bit of an increase in presence on the Volleyball Source channel of of university-level coverage, both NCAA and uh, U Sports and Everett's been at a couple events. We are very excited because this weekend is a big event. It's the second First Point Collegiate Challenge. They got uh, the uh, four great NCAA teams to Austin, Texas last year. Uh, Hawaii was there. They wanted to win a national championship. This year, bigger and better. Four, four much better teams top to bottom. They've got Penn State, Stanford, Pepperdine, and Lewis playing uh, four matches total Friday and Saturday this weekend in Austin, Texas. And Everett and I will be there on site. So the boys, we're so, getting the band back together. Let's the go band back together. Uh, our first time seeing each other since VNL in Ottawa. We will be there on site. So we're flying in Friday morning. We're going to be there for all four of the matches. We will be doing very much like VNL style live pre and post game shows from the venue. We will be interviewing the players. We'll be interviewing the coaches. It will be absolutely electric. And I think we're going to grab a whole lot of new volleyball source fans who are watching the event and love the increased coverage of the first point collegiate challenge because it is um, an increasingly big event and we can talk about the of how, how you can watch it on stream because it's actually pretty big news but i'm just really stoked to be there i'm really looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be great unfortunately we can't do any highlights because volleyball world is gonna be doing it uh so there's gonna be no baseline highlights but we're still gonna be there we're gonna be doing some podcasts getting some Nice little clips for Instagram and, and TikTok, TikTok, like eggnog, <laughs> uh, TikTok and uh, and reels, and I think it's just going to be a good time. Also, we want we want you guys to uh, give us some questions to answer because Friday night, Rob and I, if if you remember from VNL on the Saturday night, we did a drunken podcast uh, <laughs> that a lot of people have enjoyed. Rob and I are going to be doing something similar. We want you to. We're going to be making a drinking game out of your questions. This event, this video is going to be offered to only members only. We're going to start expanding our our members only uh, video uh, content now that you know it's a, it's a little bit more established. Um, 
So you're going to have to join our membership. It's only five bucks a month to, to become a volleyball source member, but we want to answer some of your questions. We're going to make it into a drinking game on Friday night. And this, this is like all bets channel. are off, like uncensored, like beers, like the, the whole thing. It's we, we did it with Dan on, on, at VNL, like Everett said last year, it was very, very fun. Oh, we're going to do very much a, too. love it. A, a different nature of a Q and a than we do most of the time on the nine by nine. So uh, this, we will make this worth your YouTube membership if you're interested in picking one up. So this, this, uh, <laughs> this video alone will be, will be worth it for, for the, for the next month. So make sure to make sure to, to pick that up. It'll be uh, uploaded and, and available, but make sure you give us your questions, whether it's in the chat here. Um, if you have any questions, whether it's about international volleyball, like, who do we think the worst coach is? I mean, I don't think you need us to be drunk to answer <laughs> answer that one. Um, yeah, any questions at all, we're going to be drinking and answering your questions. So put them in the, the chat, comment them on the video in, yeah. afterwards. Put them put in them the in comments the dis- after the, the video. Yeah, put them in the comments a- after the video. What do you want to know from us? And uh, yeah. Or Let's in, the, yeah, in the pod, podcast channel of the Discord would be a good one. Yeah, it, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll just kind of turn the camera on, put microphones and beers in our hands, and, and just kind of see where it goes. So that, that'll be really fun. But I want to talk a little more about this event. And now I, I'm going into it. I got to be honest. I don't, I don't follow NCAA men's as much as I used to until like the playoffs come around. Then I really get a pulse on on how, how all the teams really are. Uh, but like when I was in college, I was watching it all the time. But now I'm really way more engaged in the international ball. So I'm going in a little bit blind. I know some of the big players, obviously, on all four of the teams. But I'm really excited to learn more uh, about these four teams and kind of about the NCAA landscape being down there. We're going to talk to a lot of the players. We're going to talk to a lot of the coaches. We're really going to learn a lot about the NCAA men's game as we kind of kick off the regular season in the next couple of weeks. But more importantly, Everett, We've learned a lot about this event in the last couple of weeks. We've gotten to talk to a couple of the people down in Austin that are organizing it. I am blown away by how much Volleyball World has invested into the First Point Collegiate Challenge and how much oversight they have. They are completely controlling the broadcast, so the live stream for all four matches will be on Volleyball World TV. And uh, there's actually a code. I'm going to put it in the chat right now. If you don't already have a Volleyball World TV subscription, there's a code, uh, FPCC1, all caps, that can get you a month for free. So I'll put that in the chat in just a second. Yeah, make I, sure you sign that sign that on. You get I to listen can't to Matt Prosser believe. all weekend. Oh, God. It's Salima Rockwell, Matt Prosser. I, I, I almost <laughs> broke my computer when I heard that news. But I, I, can't, uh, I, I can't believe that Volleyball World is flying people over from Europe to do the broadcasts for a, an NCAA men's collegiate event. I can't believe they even know that NCAA volleyball is a thing. Well, I mean, we, we know how they, the, the thing. They, they kind of told them in preparations for the uh, um, uh, the women's VNL finals that are, that are going to be happening in Arlington, Texas a, a little bit later in the year, right? But you know what? I'm, I'm not that surprised because I quite suspect that Volleyball World is a little bit um, worried about the lack of of, of stuff going on in North America and the, and the lack of numbers, which, well, good. you know, yeah. I mean, the, maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe we're going to start getting some better broadcasts. The Japanese broadcasts have two commentators. Come on. When, really? Yeah. When, when you, when you, when you sign on to what it's like, either the Milano games, or the Padova games, there's two Japanese commentators for, for those matches. 
That's that's now, ridiculous. Uh, it, it's a, Rob. This will. I mean, there will be between like you and I both know the reason why. Two guesses why there's not for for the English ones. <laughs> and uh, but you know that, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, yeah, I do like it, it. Makes perfect sense to me that Volleyball World wants to try to increase their viewership in in North America, especially with with the um, the VNL finals coming here. And I think this is going to be the perfect opportunity because there's such a lack of volleyball in Texas when. Texas volleyball isn't happening and they just won the, the national championship. You got to continue that momentum. Agreed. And uh, which they're basically taking the page out of the VLA's book and doing this event. They're going to have four NCAA teams in a convention center that's being shared with a juniors event. So there's a gigantic um, girls and I think boys as well. I think there's um, both girls and boys juniors play going on. They're running a clinic for youth players on Thursday. It's, it's a very big event. It was really well attended last year, and now they brought in even better teams top to bottom. So I'm looking forward to this. All the streams on Volleyball World TV. But um, here on Volleyball Source, we will be there on site. We'll be doing shows Friday night, Saturday, probably morning and evening. And Honestly, I'm, I'm mostly just stoked to hang out with you. I, I'm stoked to hang out with you, too. I've also never been to Austin. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm almost. I almost wish that we had gone in like a day before, like stay a day later to see some things. But I'm going to be out real early the next morning. So yeah, yeah. I can't win them all. Maybe we can. Uh, I guess Saturday morning because I think the games are. I can't remember when the game. Yeah, are. it's like four and seven. Well, we can watch Super Lega together on Saturday morning. That'll be fun. Oh, we should do a live stream. Maybe we could. All right, members, Maybe. members only live stream. That's a great idea. So. uh we will be super active this weekend, um, both here on YouTube, obviously, but uh, Instagram at Volleyball Source at 9x9Volleyball. It's been really active lately. Uh, my personal Instagram at rstclair1. I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff. So we will be there on site in Austin um, starting Friday morning, getting all sorts of good stuff. The only thing that we can't do is film the matches because Volleyball World owns all the rights to that. But we'll do everything else that we can. And uh so follow us here on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, and, and you'll get a lot of good NCAA men's content. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Stoked to hang out with you. Stoked to be in the sunshine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Let's get it going. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will catch you uh, this weekend live from Austin talking about NCAA men's, uh, but we will fly back to our respective um, home streaming setups and be right back here next Tuesday, same time, same place for the 9 by 9 So you know where to find us, and uh, thanks for watching. It's been a great week. Real quick, what time tomorrow for uh, – is it, is it still up in the air? Yeah, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Okay. Me and uh, probably a special guest for tomorrow, Champions League men's. Uh, so tune in tune in for that. We'll let you know in the Discord what, what time that stream will go live. Uh, but if you want to really dive into all the standings and all the possibilities of Champions League men's heading into the last week, definitely tune in tomorrow here on Volleyball Source. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much. Uh, make sure you remember if once we hit a thousand people in the Discord, ten thousand people here on the channel. Let's just real check, real quick, see uh, how many we are um, on the on. Why am I? I've got I've got the wrong. Oh, nine hundred ninety. We're ten. We're ten people away. Ten people away from uh, wow! 10, yeah, literally nine 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 zero subscribers which, on YouTube. That's crazy. Which is pretty crazy considering you know the the history of it all. Uh, and then let's head over to the Discord. What are we looking at for numbers in the Discord? I don't we know how. Got, to, I don't know how to check numbers in the Discord. You just gotta kind of figure it out. There's 107 on- online, 
and there's 177 offline. I don't want to do math. I know Monty keeps track. He'll tell us when we hit a thousand. So that's like we're like 14 people away on oh, the Discord. So close. Uh, any any of your volleyball friends that don't already follow us, get in the Discord. Get, get them here to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we'll drop a sale on that volleyball.store. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Um, there's going to be a lot of content here on Volleyball Source this week, so make sure you stay tuned. Join the Discord. Follow this channel. You guys have a great week. Rob, I'll see you su- uh, Friday. See you Friday, buddy. Can't wait.